Right then, welcome or welcome back to the Midnight Podcast, where we have super in-depth, authentic, super transparent, open conversations with an array of different entrepreneurs from many different industries. I really want to make this a podcast known for going super in-depth on loads of topics that other podcasts are scared to speak about. I feel like most stuff out there these days is just super surface level, super vanilla, and doesn't really answer the questions that viewers and listeners want to hear. So that's what we're trying to do. Keep it real and keep it raw. I'm sure you'll get a huge amount of value listening or watching the pod wherever you are. And if you do, don't forget to subscribe, recommend it to a friend, leave a like and a comment and just let us know what you think. And yeah, really hope you enjoy this episode. Well then, welcome back to the Midnight Pod. This is, I guess, fucking episode 32 or something. This is the first ever Q&A episode, um, highly requested. I guess just answer a load of shit about, well, primarily the new biz and shit, which people are constantly DMing me about, but also just fucking questions that people want to know. And I guess to preface this, like the whole pod has, has never been from a position of, oh, I've made it, these are the answers. It's always just, I've done some shit, very transparent about the ups and downs, as everyone knows that watches the pod. and. This is just me documenting my thoughts and our guest thoughts along the way, really. So, yeah, fucking take everything I say with just a pinch of salt. It's my experience. It's not the answer. It's my opinion based on what I know now. And, yeah, I've definitely not fucking made it, but obviously documenting the process to trying to make it. So, as we all are, really. So, Big disclaimer. Yeah, that's the disclaimer because <laughs> otherwise I feel... I mean, doing a q and I'm answering actual Don's questions, but... I'm still winging it as much as fucking anyone else. I might just be a few years ahead of some people that watch the pod and many years behind others. So yeah, I mean, it ultimately comes down to experience. Like even the guy who came on recently and just said he started when he was 14, mm. just goes to show like it's all about when you start. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've been doing ecom like fucking since I was like 19, but properly for like five years. But I yeah. guess full time five years, which is quite a lot of time. And. Yeah, I suppose in like the past year particularly, I felt like I became a bit more like weathered as an entrepreneur, having had that massive fuck up. But yeah, still in the fucking trenches building the next brand. So yeah, a bunch of questions. This is Jack, by the way. Is yeah, my fucking flatmate. Out of the shadows. Tell them, tell them so. who you are and what you do, briefly. Yeah, I mean, context, I'm usually sat about three metres from every podcast, so front row seats. Um, been living here for a few months. Lots fucking happened. Yeah, it's been a, since, since the breakup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a, a legal topic on this pod now. I think we've given it a lot of attention. Um, yeah, fuck. Yeah, being an e-com since 2019. Uh, similar kind of story to a lot of people, but we'll get into your story today and kind of Q&A on you. Do another one about me another day. Yeah, yeah, we're doing on you, definitely for sure. But um, yeah, I, I put a Q&A out on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I feel like a lot of the questions are a bit weird. We're not going to answer all of them. There's probably, I don't know, I think there was maybe a hundred questions from that. Mm. But you're, you're just going to pick some. Yeah, I'm just going to go through. And we'll probably discuss the answers and shit. And, and again, yeah, it's just like off the cuff, really. Um, and I'll try and answer them. I, I think most of them are to do, well, a lot of them are to do with space goods. A lot of them aren't. I think maybe try and kind of go like 50-50. I don't want it to all be about space. Mm. But it's quite a lot of general e-com questions as well. So we can just, yeah, just it. pick what you think are the most interesting. We're not going to answer all of them. No. Um, we'll probably do like an hour and see where it goes. 
Yeah. I guess, I mean, the first one is quite general. I think a lot of people who haven't started in econ maybe would be kind of keen to know. Yeah, um, pick ones that you think are good. Are we doing name drops? Are we keeping it confidential? I mean, I mean maybe, I'll just maybe say a first name. Like that, like yeah, that. I mean, no this one, one's from unless Matt. they say they don't want to be mentioned, but yeah, yeah. Um, from Matt. So, feel like a mountain to climb right now, but how difficult would you say it is to escape the rat race and make thirty k mm. in ecom? So that's quite general, easy to talk about. I think. Yeah, you go first. Are we, are we both answering? I just, mean, you can chime in a little bit. Yeah, I'll just yeah. I'll come in um, this I get DMs about this all the time because people well I guess to be fair that I think we are a circle of friends or whatever and people that are on this podcast are quite a, like well I certainly feel like a bit of a unique position in the sense that I've had a taste of like success I've always been in the game I know a lot of much more successful people many of which have been on the pod mm. but I wouldn't I genuinely wouldn't class myself having made it yet I've, I've definitely had taste of it and been in, and a fucking big taste of shit going wrong um but yeah, to escape the matrix, I suppose to ultimately like do your own thing is what he's saying. I find this quite hard to answer because I have always done my own thing. I've never, I never got into the matrix, but that was because I was so consciously from the age of like 15 was like, fuck, mm. I want to do my own thing. I knew when I went to uni, I wasn't going to finish uni. I just didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. And then I had an econ brand and you know, go watch episode 27, think- whatever that serves, there's that full story. <laughs> but I, I think the headline figure on that for me is I actually think the scariest and like riskiest thing is when people get into they they lose the opportunity to get started young because they get into the wrong crowd and then they get into a grad scheme or whatever it is and Mm. they build like this normal early 20s whatever post-uni life and then I think it's a lot harder to escape the matrix whereas I you less so but still did it as in because you finished uni Mm. but like yeah barely but yeah I suppose the, to, to answer the question I think anyone can do it but you've got to be willing to fucking be different to everyone else and that's the hardest part because if your circle isn't on the same page which no one is by the way when they start you have to fucking meet people mm. I remember being in uni skipping nights out because I was fucking working on Facebook ads I think that's, that's such a big indicator I still went out and sent it all the time but yeah, not all the time but enough but there, there was that fuck I'm the outlier but I don't want to be like everyone else mm. not because they're bad or worse just because it's different yeah I also think there's a lot of signals that are kind of like when, in the early days you know if it's the right path for you because mm. you're willing to sacrifice a lot more than anyone else and you know if you're in it for the right reasons if you kind of you're not just Think like because a lot of people now who want to get into it, it's mainly for the money, and you see a lot yeah, of people tweet see about it. Yeah, they a finance it. supercar like I had myself, yeah. or you know, and else. you know, if if you're in it just for the money, the reason <clears> it won't work is because it gets so hard, and there's a lot of stress that you you're gonna it's gonna be easy to quit. And as cliche as mm. that sounds, that's yeah. ultimately what it comes down to. Like you gotta be passionate with passionate about the process, not not necessarily the niche. Yeah, like I honestly think you have to want to escape the matrix which basically means do your own thing mm. so bad that you'd rather die than not make it work like I think that's the intensity you have to feel I'm not yeah. saying go and kill yourself it doesn't work <laughs> but I, I genuinely <laughs> believe that's how intensely I didn't want to get into the 
matrix, whatever we're calling it. And willing to lose all your money. Yeah, like, like fucking look, go yeah, watch episode yeah, yeah. one. Like, I've fucking lost a shitload of money and mm. been through hell, I think, as an entrepreneur. More than most people, by the way. Yeah. And I'm still fucking doing it because I couldn't do anything else. That entrepreneur, entrepreneur debate we were having in the sauna, it's like... What's an entrepreneur? Well, the entrepreneur is when you, you'd like the kind of process of scaling and like doing what an entrepreneur would do but without the risk so you get these scalers in, mm. in big corp companies yeah. who, who are sick of what they do but they don't necessarily like the risk that comes with being an entrepreneur yeah most and, people don't yeah starting your own business which is fair enough like you need those people otherwise how are you going to build a good team yeah but I, I think the problem is probably more than entrepreneurs there's entrepreneurs yeah who, and yeah, I tweeted yeah. about this the other day it was just like cunts that just speak about shit all the time mm and everyone knows them oh mate yeah and I know plenty of them yeah and more people are them yeah and like ultimately it comes down to do you do anything that you say you're going to do mm. it's like mate that's all it comes down to don't there's, say you're going to start a business and not do it there's people that have been saying it for years and you know that it's never going to work for them because they've been saying it for five six years like when are you going to take the action and that's what I mean by signals mm. because if you were really in it for the right reasons because you love the process you would have started five years ago like when you were saying you were going to start yeah exactly That's... exactly it's so, become quite trendy now to want to be an entrepreneur but like yeah 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 for sure yeah anyway so I think that, that kind of answers that one um, yeah I hope um, to be fair the question was <laughs> such a tangent the question was uh, how difficult is it basically to make 30k that was the kind of the extension of it Escape the rat race is one. I guess he's saying 30k because that's what he needs per year to replace his job. Yeah, mate, yeah. And I think making that sort of level is not easy, but it's so achievable for a lot of people if you're willing to put your balls on the line and grind. Yeah. And, and things get exponentially easier. Or not easier, but you obviously get exponentially better in your access to certain things and like obviously grows over time. Like you can spend mm. two years getting to like make your first grand online I, I certainly did and then in, in the next three years you could potentially get to like a few million in revenue and fucking have your dream life you yeah. know effectively making like it, three four hundred grand a year online so exponential as well so yeah I think the answer is that you can definitely do that if like if you can't get to the point where you're making 30k like effectively profit is what you're saying yeah. in like two three years Fuck. then you're probably doing something wrong in my opinion I think the best route to go because I always thought I was late to the party when I started because I was on t 2019. I always thought, wish I was around in 2017 when yeah. dropshipping, like when you kind of got into it, that was around that time. And like, you know, scaling 800K months. But I feel like there's been. Yeah, not investing any of it in Ethereum though because I fucking didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah, it could have, would have. Um, yeah. But there's been a resurrection on that side of things, but on and TikTok. So it's like the same opportunity, but with 10 times as much exposure to what dropshipping is. Because that is so easy, like, you know, just searching hashtags on TikTok. I mean, that even Franco that came on yesterday in the episode. 18, might, yeah, might yeah, yeah. Out. I might, actually, this episode came out before, but he was fucking 18. And I'm sat there thinking, Jesus Christ, I feel like an old cunt that doesn't know shit mm. compared to what... I didn't know shit compared to him at 18, but everyone's different. Yeah. And everyone's timeline's different, but... Yo, fellas, quick one. 
first bit of promo for the pod, you may or may not have heard, I released a fucking e-com course a few months ago. Basically spent like six months making it because I was in between businesses, as you probably know, if you follow my shit. I must say, 12 hours long, it's fucking quality content. I was gonna drop it at like 1,500 quid with some bullshit guru-y webinar and all that rubbish, but as you know, it's not my main thing. I'm working on a new brand right now, very, very fucking much in the trenches, which is why I think it's actually a better course than everything else out there, because it's built on real experience of my brands in the past and my current one. I think it's super, super valuable. If you're interested in e-com, you're already in e-com and you want it to get into e-com, zero to one, starting a brand from scratch, then definitely worth investing in. Link is in the bio of this video or podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever the fuck you're listening or watching and enjoy the rest of the pod. Yeah, I, th- I think that answers that question. Let's move on to another one. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is this. Good ones, huh? Pick out good ones. I could quite enjoy these. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is about budget as well. So, I mean, I'll pick a few kind of starter questions because I'm sure there's a lot of people who want to start. Um, Colin, uh, what would you say the best approach is to launching an econ brand with a low budget? Is it able to be done with only two hundred dollars? If so, what steps should you take, and how would you allocate it? Yeah, I mean, I, I always think about this because when I started in, in the econ space, I, I literally had no money. When I, like, as in, I had 40 quid in my bank account. I was working the burger bar. So, like, I, I don't have, I've never been given money mm. until recently where I raised investment, but that's a different ballgame anyway. We'll get on to that. So, I was definitely there. And I think most people actually are. Like, people kind of use the fact, oh, I don't have money to start as an excuse. It was like, firstly, get a part time job and everyone can get a few grand together. I, I literally wasted a few grand working in John Lewis in 2015 on my first clothing brand, Gentry Club, and I put it into stock and I sold 200 quid of it. And I was like, fuck this. So that that's like proper fucking from the bottom. But I mean- Do you think $200 is enough? Yeah, so when he says brand, I mean, you're not gonna be buying custom stock if you've got $200. So you, by brand, you could definitely start a dropshipping website that is branded Mm. i.e. you've got your own logo your own name all that sort of shit yeah I think you'll struggle with $200 I think maybe like 1 to 2k is a good starting point if you're going to be running ads although now you can run TikTok organic yeah, and Don's on Twitter making 100 grand in a month profit I mean legit pinch your salt with that shit but I think taking a step back the, the biggest skills that are going to move the needle are the psychological element of what makes things go viral because ultimately if you have no budget you're going to start organic that's just like yeah, a fact you like if you to. have $200 you, can't, you cannot run ads with $200 n- no so at, the, at that point if you only had $200, $200 to spend you'd be I'd be going through TikTok looking at all the videos that have gone viral what you know like TikTok maybe buy it all that stuff mm. and seeing what the hook is like how long is the video like what captions did they use um, what sort of product is it like all these things kind of compound to make a video go viral and you got to understand that and replicate the process with similar or similar products or like you know things they don't have to be because yeah, all, yeah. all these facebook products they're making like a resurrection on tiktok yeah. so look at what used to work yeah. and do it on tiktok yeah and also just do fucking everything by yourself yeah. like i don't think people realize that like i mean even now like i do pretty much everything myself with this new brand even though i've got a load of money behind it like to an extent but like even like Midnight City back in the day, like I, I used to film all the ads. This is like three years ago. I used to film all the ads, not all of them, but a lot of them, just me speaking about the product, looking like a fucking retard, to the point where I got recognised in Bali because Don saw my ads, and then obviously with Neon Beach as well. Neon was like fucking all that shit was in my bedroom. Views, I reckon my bedroom's the most viewed bedroom in England like, what, in 2020. What did that video get? The Neon one. 
oh, there was multiple with 10 million plus views. Yeah. And it was like tier one countries. We so, were saying how like all these... Like, even when you... My point is even when you got money, you should still be fucking hustling to do it yourself if you can. But you should build those skills when you have no money right at the start. No money and experience, more importantly. Yeah. People overlook as well how many skills actually required at the start to kind of... Or mm. how many you need to know because... Ultimately, you have to be a jack of all trades at the start. Yeah, you're going to outsource everything. You've got to know the content creation, how to schedule an ad if you're not doing organic, how to make a converting website. It matters less when you're dropshipping because it's like you get the, the impulse buyers mm. who would buy from a dropshipping store or the kind yeah, of the I people. Think like a point on that, actually, just like more broadly, is yeah. like you're not going to make any online business work if you're not a fucking smart cunt, like basically, like you have to have a level of just like hustle and wits about you mm. to be good at anything. Like, but I think the competition and standard is so low, especially like culturally these days, like Don's just, I'm probably get canceled for saying this, but like most Don's just don't do much. They yeah. literally just watch TV and after they go, like they go to work or they go to uni or school yeah. or whatever it is. Like, if you're just even learning from YouTube videos, I think you're in the top, like, 5% oh, of people mate, in terms of, like, potential hustle or ability. Yeah, yeah. I can't... The amount of hours I spent just watching YouTube videos, uh, watching, like, courses and shit. Yeah. Back at uni, I was doing that instead of the... Yeah, yeah, that's, mm. like, the first Facebook step. Facebook groups as well, like, back in the so day. So accessible. Like, oh, all that shit. Even this like, pod, mate, like... Um, yeah, the honestly, value from this if pod... If someone can't watch all 32 episodes yeah. and learn something, then the problem is you yeah so yeah there's so much free shit out there like there's literally shit from fucking people that are way better than anyone we've had in this well certainly way better than me for free like so much shit so, so yeah should we wrap yeah, that question wrap up? that question so, yeah mm. um, start organic basically yeah um, okay how, how do you stay productive what does an average day look like for Mathusius um, I added that bit yeah, I mean, I guess my days have been fairly similar over the past few years, probably for a lot of entrepreneurs in general, and specifically like e-com entrepreneurs. Um, I think the first point, how do you stay productive? I'm definitely not productive all the time. Like some, I go through phases. I think the one guiding thing that's always, for like literally like the past five years that has guided my day is a list. The power list, which I got from Andy Priscilla. MFC podcast, best podcast ever. If you want to get into entrepreneurship, go listen to every 365 episodes. It's basically just writing the five things you need to do tomorrow to move the fucking needle in your life. And you write it the night before. And I still do that today. So that guides the entire day. Don't always get it all done, but it might be literally as simple as buy a domain, register a Shopify account, and I don't know, fucking find a, find a product to launch with. Like, and even now I'll have a list. Like what was on the list today? Um, fucking hell, I don't know I think one of the things on the list was um, confirm who is running TikTok organic for launch because I was like toying between three guys on Twitter mm. and it's all about triple S yeah so that's what guides my day I suppose tri- triple S if you want to say like just basic I think the, the, the thing about triple S which is a program <laughs> we kind of <laughs> made yeah. upset, but it's more the, the mental and physical side that contributes to like just being an all-round killer do you know what I mean That'd yeah be- I think routine is the most important thing I suppose, what does an average day look like I mean genuinely I get up at like 8 I fucking I used to get up earlier I, I probably do like deep work from like 8 to like 1 I fucking eat lunch I don't eat breakfast 
I eat lunch, um, fucking walk the dog in the afternoon now, then I do a bit more work. Then I go to the gym at like four, usually that's like two hours, then I come back, eat dinner, and then like do like yeah. creative shit in the evening. I, I mean, what's your, what's the I don't really do anything. We don't really do anything other than, it's certainly Monday to Friday, like I don't really watch, I don't watch TV or anything like that. Nah. I just never have, I just don't, I actually don't care. Like it's not even, oh, I'm trying to be a, yeah. I just I don't enjoy it compared to working on shit. Our TV is fucking small. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I think um, finding your flow is definitely because ours is similar but different at mm. the same time. Like I go to bed a bit later. You go to bed a bit earlier. Get up earlier. It's yeah. like I just find that works for me. So it's not like a cookie cutter thing. Um, what What you find? Another, another question just on that for you. What What are you Are you finding it hard to do shit now because Obviously, you're waiting for product. How, how much yeah, have you so got to do? The past six months were fucking weird because, it, and it's been pretty much bang on six months since I left the whole Neon Beach, Midnight City, Wayfly setup behind. And I went solo again and I literally from scratch was like, I need to build a business. And then I spent the past five, six months working on that alongside the pod and shit, which is like casual. And I was like, fuck yeah, I don't really have that much to do. But then it kind of you literally don't really when you're starting something like it's kind of it's not really a full-time thing until you have customers and then in the past like month I've suddenly felt like I got busy because products on the way I've been shooting loads of content and shit and then when it's like when it rains it pours yeah and, 100%. and now for the next probably fucking five years I'll be busy as shit again mm. which I like at least you've had more attention to detail on branding and shit which ultimately I think is going to like separate you from every other brand that's mm. doing anything remotely similar because that's like your source I, I think generally like branding is such a important thing like there's so many shit the, the covid boom when you had all these drop shippers coming to the scene like this like we were saying earlier yeah, they're, they're dropping off reckon, now get on to that i reckon I'm yeah question but yeah did that even answer the question i suppose i think the power list and having some sort of routine is great and you have to make your own routine you do your own shit and that's the biggest difference to having a job or being in uni or being at school or whatever it is it's like if you don't do it no one will do it and if you don't get up and do something, nothing will happen in your life. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> like, period. It doesn't exist. Obviously, when you got a job, you're kind of told what to do to an extent. Yeah. So I think they're the headline. I think answers. a lot of questions not even on here, but it's something that I used to think about. Well, it's something I used to do, but found hard. Because obviously you'd be occupied with a full-time job, let's say, or at uni or whatever. And you only have a certain amount of time in the day to exert your efforts onto into e-com or making something. How how would you allocate your time to like make an econ biz work for like for the first question for example when he's he's in the rat race? And I think it's as simple as like most people finish work by what I'm probably home by six, six seven pm yeah, like yeah. six probably most people. Just got to do you it don't go bed. to bed till at least ten. Nah. Most people like just stop watching TV, stop yeah. watching Netflix. Like, I know it sounds cliche, but like if you want to fucking move the needle, like. You don't do that stuff. People spend hours scrolling through social media. Just even if it's as simple as like promising yourself, I will dedicate an hour per day, which you can get a fucking lot done in an hour per day, by the way. Just put yeah. your phone away. You like, got any more if, though? If you, if you want it, yeah, you do. But like to start with, to start with, like even fucking fifteen minutes a day, like yeah. probably committing to something is better than nothing. Because yeah, and it is harder if you got a job and stuff like. That. I have mates that. I spoke to you recently from back home that like full-time job and like they want to get into stuff but honestly they're just entrepreneurs like mm. you know they would have done it seven years ago if they're really into it but 
I think just putting time aside and at the end of the day like if you that's, this comes back to the original point if you actually fucking want to like build something more than you want to fucking breathe basically then you've always got time simple as that yeah there just isn't an excuse that's what it there takes as well yeah exactly so. um, I'll speed through some some and we'll just yeah. get quick answers because there's quite a lot you don't uh, have to answer all of them anyway but I mean, no no I'm just going to like pick and choose the best ones. and while you're answering I'll look through some shit uh Generally, wonder how it can, uh, how can you, no, spare one. Um, so going from idea to product in hand, like the product development side, and then you've had a lot of kind of experience, especially with this brand. Like, yeah. So what's the question? It's, I mean, the question is kind of there in terms of like talk about going from idea to product. Like, what's the process? Um, going from yeah for physical product development. Yeah, I mean, specifically for space. I've got a lot of experience in that now, I suppose. Um, I think it's it's very, very, again, it requires a lot of skills and a lot of context to do it in general and to do it well. Like, as in, if you if you put most people in a room with, this is what I was saying before, like, if you put most people in a room with a million quid and a laptop and six months and they're trapped in the room and had to build a business or a brand, they still couldn't do it. Because mm. so, most people assume, if I had all the money, in the, I don't have money. Like, that, that's the get out of jail free card. Like, I don't have money, so I can't do it. But it's mm. not true because... It's fucking difficult. So, but I guess to summarise how I've done it in the past, and probably particularly with this brand, because it's like a completely custom product from scratch. Um, maybe I can get onto how I came up with the idea in the first place later on. But starts with get, having an idea of what you want to make, which basically will come from you know looking what else is on the market, like how can you improve it, how can you change it slightly to fit a certain niche, how could you make it a better version and just I, I always build products around what I want myself because other, otherwise how the fuck could I know what anyone else would want like and, and that's the most enjoyable for me so yeah figuring out what you want so you want X product roughly the, the next step is probably where a lot of people get stuck is finding who the fuck can actually make it so whether that's a UK manufacturer like it is in my case China Alibaba Google whatever. it as well so. Google fucking I don't know shoe manufacturer Europe and go through a hundred listings and email 50 of them mm. and then you start to get conversations how much might it cost to make what's the minimum order quantity alright so I need five grand to make this product potentially if it's another product maybe I'd need a grand if it's another type of product maybe I need 50 grand so like just, just get an idea of what you could do and then from there ultimately it comes down to how the market reacts as well I reckon it's like if you get a sample you can make content with it so it just makes yeah, exactly. everything so get much a easier sample, like and yeah. see, yeah, see how the market even, even buy from other brands is almost cheaper than buying a sample because you can yeah. fucking pay retail rather than like a sample price. And then, yeah, I guess you fucking then go into like design phase. Like, what's the brand going to be? What's it going to look like? How much is going to cost? How long is it going to take? Are you change? Have you got a physical sample of your own versions for the next step? Do you then spend maybe probably a few months tweaking it, and then ultimately you put an order in and you buy a stock. Mm. But that in a, in a summary is kind of it and I think the, the two things that that requires most of is well three things it's an awareness of what you want to do then it's a knowledge of how to do it and then it's ultimately capital to fucking make it happen so yeah yeah that's how you do it that's um, how I've done it okay when when space is coming out I think that's a big question everyone's wondering yeah probably like two weeks I'm literally waiting on everything everything is done pretty much now um 
I just I I could have I reckon I could have done quite a decent amount of revenue just organically pre-ordering it. I didn't want to do that. I made that mistake in the past with Midnight City and stopped in land two months later and Trustpilot got fucked. I'm looking at I think Monday the 9th of April. Look, I literally spoke to the supplier today. Is that Monday the 9th? It's around then. So 9th of April ish. So about two and a bit weeks. So like two weeks on Monday. Cool. I think. All right, next question. Um, Fucking hell, this might be the most knowledge ever dropped on a pod. Next question. Uh, many many people start brands, few scale to seven, eight. Feet. Oh, I read this one, it's quite deep. Yeah, few scale to uh, seven, eight figs. What separates your group of mates? Yeah, I, th- I mean, it is a good question, but again, like, just to preface that, like, I've scaled to seven figures with a brand, I'm a drop shooter, I've scaled to eight figures with a brand and then fucked it, which I was very public about, probably more than anyone has ever been. And obviously, yeah, and I'm very, very, very confident I can scale this next brand to at least eight figures, but it comes from experience. But I guess, um, to bring it back, I think, yeah, it's easy to forget that a lot of people try and start econ brands and literally don't get anywhere with it. It's probably most people, to be honest. Um, I think a few things, I think base level of like potential skill plus like actually being a fucking doer, which is very, very rare. Mm. And and plus like years of actually fucking trying shit, which certainly for me has been the case. I've literally been doing this like seven years, been doing it full time for five years, which is mad. Mm. And then on top of that, probably the most important factor is, because he's like alluding to like a group of mates, you end up building a group of mates because if you have certain success and certain experience and certain qualifications in the game, you then attract other people that also have that. And then that's probably when it becomes most powerful is that you end up compounding each other's success it's quite or level unique. of performance because the group. you're all doing it. Like, yeah, it is fucking unique. Like literally got like, all my mates are running seven or eight figure businesses in their twenties. Mm. Like literally like minimum multi seven figures. I mean, I didn't know you like how long ago when Fred introduced you. Uh, like two years ago, maybe. Yeah, two years. But I, it's genuinely like law of attraction when because common interests are what bring people together in the first place. Yeah. And then when you get to a level, which takes like you know, the seven eight figure mark doesn't necessarily come in the first year, and more often than not, yeah, it doesn't year. come in the first year. It's like third like there's, there's a lot of compounding yeah, and then two, we years. say a lot it's like when it when it rains it pours and all the nuts and bolts and shit that you've been putting together for years to like all these iterations whether it's logistics or product development um, everything it, it all comes together and then everything just fucking works and that's just that's when and it's, it's commitment because you've got to put in a shit ton of effort to get there um, mm. so I think what separates I think our group as well like we're fucking committed and that's like probably the biggest part and then the 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 skill level as well is well yeah you, you become the average of the five people you hang around with and like yeah. again it's a fucking cliche but it's literally the most true thing in the world mm. and then people hear that and they're like okay well fine but none of my mates or my people around me are into entrepreneurship or whatever it ultimately comes down to find new mates not that you should sack off your old mates because I have loads of mates that aren't entrepreneurs well not loads but like good day one mates from back home and shit mm. and they'll always be my mates but yeah I think you need to put yourself in a position to meet those people and that in itself is like takes balls and takes hustle like I've said a billion times I literally got an economy ticket to Singapore 
when I was 20 or 21 and went to this event and I credit that event it was a shit event really in hindsight but the people <laughs> I met there like the content of it was just fucking meme yeah. spec but and taking a step back though, I met like, loads of people like the and then some of them are my best mates now and they they literally had the butterfly effect I wouldn't have met Fred three yeah, years, three years ago but I didn't go to that event and met that one person there that I then met someone else from who then recommended I go and meet Fred yeah for example to know everyone follows Fred your friends aren't going to make you rich though like that's I think that's the biggest thing it's all well and good finding people who are in the same space for your own sanity because your your life becomes econ when you're in the in the scene so having other people to bounce off is sick but you, you have to put the commitment in yourself and you know I think the basic way to go you have to do something yourself in the lonely trenches first yeah, which yeah. for me was dropshipping back in the day yeah and, and, and building a brand at uni with, with one, my one mate at the time Ollie that was interested who's now running Saw and then yeah if you, like ultimately you attract similar people but, but also like we were saying on a previous pod you have to put some content you have to put yourself out there a little bit whether that's just going to an event or whatever it is like you know you're not going to meet like-minded people that are on the same page just in the pub statistically so yeah yeah I think that answers the question um, but ultimately it comes down to you got to be fucking like at least decent at what you do and that comes by putting in the graft initially like you're not going to meet people that are a high level inverted commas if you've not done anything basically so yeah agreed um this is quite interesting because I mean it's a metric that kind of goes beyond the beginning level of starting an e-com brand. Uh, what what's your returning customer rate goal for Space Goods? Because that makes this a fucking good, yeah. I mean, good metric to build. I was very intentional in terms of what I wanted to do when I came out of the previous two brands. I literally I literally sat down for like two months, not like two months flat. I mean, like over about two months and like reverse engineered the market I wanted to get into, which is the first time I've ever done that, by the way, because everything else was very much just, oh, I like jewelry. Let's launch that. Oh, it worked. Oh, I like neon signs. There's probably an opportunity here. This time I was a bit more engineered and calculated. And the key thing for me was I wanted a a massive product margin, like 80% plus, which you get in this product and genuinely supplements. I wanted a consumable, which I'd never done before because subscription, LTV, et cetera. And I wanted something that was fairly, what compared to other shit, not that crowded yet, because it was a market that's kind of surfacing now, especially the way I'm positioning it, it's very new. So returning customer, I mean, Christ, I'm not really sure, but the whole the whole like metric comes down to, in terms of like guys like Jimmy from Hairburst as well that I spoke to about it, who had a consumable brand, is like CAC to LTV ratio, basically, um, or, or LTV to CAC, whichever fucking way you put it around. You know, if someone's going to spend £30 a month, say, roughly 300 quid a year, then you can spend, you know, you can spend 150 quid potentially to acquire them, or even 200 quid if you've got an 8% product margin. Mm. Not necessarily on the front end, because if they're paying monthly and shit, but that's basically the key metric. So returning customer, right? I mean, I guess they're saying how many people, well, how many people come back? I mean, obviously the goal is not for them just to come back, it's for them to subscribe indefinitely, basically. That's like the key goal with any subscription brand I think like for example with Huel which is like probably a billion pound company at this point was it like 80% plus or some shit I think well, I heard that somewhere. I'm not sure but like I've been buying Huel since like literally like five years ago not yeah. every month but I think I've I think my I must have spent a thousand quid on Huel in the past like 
year, 18 months. Yeah, it's, and I, I, it's mad. And I haven't cancelled it because I take it every day. Yeah. I take oh, it, I, mate, I the amount of subscriptions day. I have that I just I forget about and just can't be asked to cancel. So, yeah, I, sp- I suppose, like, what's the returning customer? I mean, I, I hope that off the top of my head, like, at least 50% of people that try it would want to subscribe to it. I, mm. I don't know if that's a realistic number, but ultimately, like, the headline metric is LTV to CAC, mm. which... I don't know how high that would be, but at least like two to three plus to be probably viable for scaling. Yeah. Nice. But it's my first time in the consumable space. So, yeah. From from who I've spoken to as well in terms of like when you're going for exit and what's, what metrics are considered good, 30% is a pretty good benchmark. Anything mm. above is like obviously exceeding the benchmark. Yeah. Um, okay. What mindset hurdles have you had to tackle building the biz and uh, how did you do it? That's very relevant. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that I like splitting things into three. Like, I feel like the first mindset hurdles for me were when I was first getting started and I hadn't done anything. And I literally was working in a burger bar while running Facebook ads on my lunch break. Like, and it's not even it's not a sob story because fucking most people start like that but that's literally how I started so that was the first mindset thing no one else around me is doing it I've never seen anyone be successful but I want to do this shit so that's the first thing like broadly which is probably most relatable to most people I think the next mindset thing was when I was like 22 when I started making like big money drop shipping which is quite fucking young to be fair like doing the revenue I was doing just doing like 500 grand a month probably average how old were you? like 22 mm back in the Bali days what was the mindset when, when was 800 k a month that place? was November 2018 so 23 would have just turned mm. yeah that's big numbers to be fair was that that was free plus shipping yeah days yeah 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 Classic. so I guess what was the mindset then the mindset hurdle I mean there's probably loads of things I'm trying to split it into like tangible categories I think then I actually went through a mindset of like, oh fuck, like this, this drop shipping is working so well, but it feels like easy money. And I didn't, and I wanted to build a brand. So I started building brands, Dusk clothing brand and like Gentry Club and shit, way before I got into drop shipping. I just got into drop shipping because I, I needed to make cash and it fucking worked. And I built the base skills and Facebook was cheap. So the mindset then when I stopped drop shipping like the end of 2018 and was like, let's go cold turkey. I've made like a few hundred grand in the bank. This is great. I want to build a brand again. So that was kind of probably one notable hurdle. I think the the biggest hurdle was fucking last year when Neon Beach went bankrupt. Like, as everyone fucking knows, like, yeah, like I was literally suicidal about that for about six months. It was absolutely hell on earth for me, I think, that, that like, January, I mean, the primary period was like November 2020 to March 2021 when I basically got bailed out by fucking fund at Wayflyer what, what was the light at the end of the tunnel at that time because obviously you couldn't nothing could have gone worse in your head because everything yeah, just crashed down yeah a genuinely thing other than like family or personal health issues which unfortunately I haven't had in like the past year I don't think it could have got much worse as a young entrepreneur like yeah, I so actually what, don't what, what was the light at the end of the tunnel that got you through that then like the hurt especially that being such a big part of your life there wasn't much light at the end of the tunnel for a long time I mean like th- the first thing was I have to fucking someone's got to put seven figures into this situation to fix it mm. so that was the f- a four four month focus making that happen which ultimately did, ha- did happen I learned a fuckload mm. dealing with like lawyers and shit I basically had like crippling anxiety 18 hours a day 
and no one around me knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah, so no that, one... that was the first thing. <laughs> and then there was a bit of pressure off when ultimately I basically became an employee in my own business with 20% equity. And yeah, I was like, fuck. Like, this is like comfy now, but I'm now not doing at all what I wanted to do, which is build my own thing and get really rich doing it. What was that phase like of being in the... Was that it six was months? Six months from March to September 2021. And, and then I got, I literally got offered, do I want to stay on and get a bit of equity in this group that they're building and a big fat salary, which by the way, would have been like 1% top, you know, like 1% money, whatever. And 99% of people would be like, that's a fucking amazing opportunity to take it. But I just, I guess the light at the end of the tunnel was, it would be such a great story if I go through all that shit and then I go on to build an actual monster brand, which is always what I've wanted to do. I've just mm. never done it yet because I've never been consistent enough. So, yeah, maybe knowing you could overcome the situation and So that's build why I've been so else. gassed, like finally getting this, this thing to light in like the past month. So I don't think people realise like the mental hole I was actually in when all, all my creation died previously. Like, yeah. literally hell. Like, I don't know. That changed me as a person, to be honest. And Well, we, we speak yeah. about this a lot. I think your experience is compounded in the right ways to create something even bigger. So Yeah, like, I, I passionately believe, not in an arrogant way, but just in like a fucking fate kind of way like if, if I can't make this next brand work with the experience and I've got now especially the negative experiences which drive me even more then it's like fuck I don't know who can to be honest. it's nothing to lose mentality I, yeah, yeah honestly I, that's fucking dangerous like I feel quite dangerous yeah and um, I was just like fuck let's just have fun with it enjoy the process and see how fucking big I can take it yeah lit alright next one and <laughs> this is another kind of disclaimer just to answer um, the comparison between space kids and psychedelics. Yeah, so this has been an interesting point. So the whole like billion dollar brand idea, right, is that I believe, I mean, it's happening already all over the world. Like the legalization of psychedelics, like they were back in legal back in the 60s, that's why it's called like the Renaissance, it's happening again. I believe is like it's going to be the biggest fucking thing for like healthcare and wellness and new product brands in like the next decade and I, I keep saying it because it's easy to understand but it's like I think it's 10 to 15 years behind CBD in the in the sense that cannabis used to be seen as super I've never really been into weed and shit but like cannabis used to be seen as you know like some loser in his mum's basement would smoke it and now you have and obviously it's not the exact same as CBD but you now have middle aged fucking women that will take CBD drops getting yeah. into their range like taking and their kids to private school mm. and like so many more normal things so yeah the long term vision is psychedelics are still illegal pretty much everywhere but I think that's changing so I want to build a brand that's ready to build beautiful microdosing, effectively products like gummies powders cans which don't exist in the world legally yet by the way pretty much anywhere apart from like parts of Canada where it's a bit of a grey area but it's not psychedelic in version one. It's the best legal alternative. So what I mean by that is shit like lion's mane mushroom, cordyceps mushroom, like basically a very potent, a genuinely very potent and powerful and strong, way stronger than like 99% of other brands intentionally. Mm. Blend of adaptogens, mushrooms and eutropics basically. But the way I'm positioning it is very controversial and polarizing and probably a bit confusing. 
is because it's I'm saying it's a microdose imitation, which is kind of just a marketing angle in a way. Um, I mean, it works because people are questioning it. Like, ultimately, yeah, it I mean, it's it's not. This isn't the first time this product's ever been put together. That's what I'm saying. Like in terms of ingredients and shit. However, the way I'm publicly saying I really want to build a psychedelics brand and this is what the brand is kind of all about, but we can't do that just yet because it's legal. That's very different. And I think that is important as well because the brand getting the reach it will get, it's almost becomes like fucking, that's going to help push that market into into reality. And, and I want to be the brand that's pioneering that, particularly in the UK, because like we're a few years behind like Canada and America and all this sort of shit. So it was the same with CBD. I think so, Neon gave you that first move as advantage experience because that was like, and now you've been there, you know like what mark, like the ex- the feeling you get when you enter a, a new market that hasn't been captured yet and the fucking, ex- like the crazy metrics that come with that. It's almost like you've identified a new market for that and you want to chase that same exponential growth from something yeah. that now hasn't been made yet. For me, this market and this brand genuinely feels like the perfect combination of something I'm creatively interested in because it allows me to do like pink shit and it makes sense of the brand. I'm like, I just love that. It's a product and a market that I genuinely believe is very early in a very potentially fucking like multi tens of billions pound market, maybe even a trillion pound market. And it's something that I personally use and I'm fucking fascinated by in terms of like, I use psychedelics, I use nootropics, all this shit. So I'm building it for me first mm. and everyone else like me. One one of the other questions was how does it make you feel? And I think like in terms of when you use space kids, yeah, because like, you're using so, it already, like yeah, I've been using it the past. Well, I've used like similar shit before, and I basically, you know, the way I build products is take what's there and make it better and make it my own version. But like literally, I, I ran out of some like the two days ago, and I was just having coffee, and it definitely feels different. I mean, the three primary things of the first product, Rainbow Dust Version One, is. Um, focus calm and energy really so without the crash without the crash yeah take it once a day and feel those things really i mean it is different to just having a coffee um there is caffeine in the products some people don't like the fact there's caffeine in the products um but again like i said i'm building it for me i personally think having caffeine in the product makes it overall a better product but it's ultimately a work mode product like that's where i was starting like i think there's three primary categories i'd like to get into in the next like two years and they are the focus slash like create category like get your head down deep work make shit happen sleep i think is a massive one and then I actually think a product category around sex could be very interesting because there's a lot of brands that are starting to pop up in that space and it's still pretty taboo but it's fucking worldwide obviously mm. and it's very, well, like very viagra natural. equivalent or what yeah i mean like viagra i guess would be classed like medicine rather than like a supplement but shit like tabs chocolate that if anyone's in money to wear they're, they're kind of going into that space so yeah but ultimately to answer how it feels it's basically a work mode product yeah. and it gets you in a great state and I genuinely know it's a massive difference and I think everyone else will so cool that's cool, what cool, it's all cool. about to start with um, little switch up uh, how important is creativity as an entrepreneur and how do you cultivate your own creativity to be honest, like I, I started in this whole entrepreneurship thing. I'm definitely more of a creative naturally than 
I am a business person, but I'm also very good at being, I'm very, I reckon I'm, I'm very competent at a lot of things, which I think you have to be, as anyone is that runs a brand, like we said before. Mm. But I definitely think where I'm better than most people, like, and even they would probably say it themselves, like better than most of my mates that have, by the way, made more money than me, a few, a lot of them, um, is just like the whole branding and marketing side and ideas. So I think particularly with this new brand, like I've just really fucking just gone balls deep with like the whole branding thing. Mm. And it feels like the culmination of all the other shit I've done. And I'm kind of just having fun with it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've stopped even calling myself like in my Instagram bio, an e-com entrepreneur. Cause it's not about just e-com. Like, I've changed it to like designer and entrepreneur, whatever. But that is actually how I feel. So I guess I'm very creative, probably more than most entrepreneurs, I guess like design wise. Um, how do you cultivate it? I mean, how do you cultivate it? Fucking take rainbow dust. <laughs> like, no, honestly yeah. though, like I think, yeah, I think cultivate creativity because I I'll go through phases where it's, it's like writer's block, or whatever. It's where almost, I literally have no ideas. Whereas yeah. in the past month, I think I've had more ideas than I've ever had in my fucking life. I think one thing on that though, when when dust. you notice when you look back, like if you're on Shopify, uh, what's that time machine? Uh, time machine yeah. thing? You look at your old sites that you used to make. And yeah, like even Neon Beach two years ago. Yeah. it's not that long. It was honestly a pile of shit. Like yeah, and you thought you must have thought space. at the time it was good. Like, I did. Yeah, like it's it's crazy but to see how that just proves that experience and like just context in doing certain things a lot. And your creative you eye, better. you like tune your mm. eye at, over time by seeing so many competitors, like the D2C yeah. space is very like pastel colors and yeah. all that stuff. Like you just see that and emulate it in your own practices, I guess. Um, one interesting thing that we were discussing, um, I found like I found out for the first time that we, we both wanted to be film directors yeah. when we were younger yeah. and it's like I think that part like, in terms of being creative it's a quite a I'd say it's quite for, for me and you I'd say it's a pretty natural thing that started when we were young and then now it feels like we're making a live movie to the world yeah so true I, I think most like e-com specifically like entrepreneurs to get started it usually comes from a place of like artistic or creative passion I know like Fred mm. started Sanucci you wouldn't mind me saying because he was really into like hip hop music he wasn't mm. even into business he just fucking loved hip hop and then that was his outlet and for me like yeah I probably I, I like used to design logos that, that was literally it like, that was the one in too mm. and then I was like oh fuck what could I do with this logo oh wow I could actually make my own brand fuck and that's the passion for the process which makes it impossible to quit because you love yeah the, exactly you love so rather much. than being like and I want to make money like. you, you see it all the time and like I've seen it recently like you'll get some Don that's like a bit older and they're fucking trained as an accountant or like maybe they're a high paid lawyer and now they want to start a brand and they're fucking clueless because they <laughs> have no creative baseline from where it comes from and it's yeah. all very forced and I mean a lot of those people by the way build great businesses because they've come at it from a slightly more experienced way but I think the majority of people that watch this especially younger people when they're getting started it usually stems from a creative interest but how, how to cultivate it for me like in terms of getting in like the zone and shit I think just fucking I listen to a lot of music. I watch a lot of shit. I like pink lights. Like everything just helps me get in that space. And for me, yeah, it, basically everything in my life that I enjoy comes from like wanting to make shit feel like a movie. Yeah, 100%. That really is it. Yeah. So. Cool. Find um, your own flow. I mean. There's yeah. fucking loads of questions. Yeah, there? there is quite a lot. Um, who are your mentors or people you follow? Not a fucking, I'll let you answer it, but. 
I don't think I'd, I would ever say until like maybe the past few months that I would have even now but like we get onto that I, I, I never had a mentor beforehand like my mentor was just fucking YouTube yeah as it is for everyone yeah 100% like, Don's always say like especially like American comes like who's your mentor and shit like what do you mean like walk yeah. down the street meet a billionaire He's like, why would he mentor me yeah See, I think it's a very fluffy word like the same as like entrepreneur like mm. everyone likes to overuse it and say who's your mentor I think what our mental was our mates just purely based on the the high level conversations that we have and enjoy and yeah. can bounce off each other and then that in itself just helps us all to grow together and it's I think it's why yeah I mean mental wise as you say YouTube yeah never really had one like follow certain people which everyone fucking has access to like I'd follow mm. I'd obsessively follow the founders of big brands even ones that didn't have a personal brand I'd literally find out I'd go on company's house and find out who the fuck owned certain brands yeah like Jimmy actually being one of them like I followed him for three years he's been on the pod um I guess more recently like I wouldn't even say I have a mentor now but like some of my angel investors in the new business are kind of a bit more formally mentoring me Alex Packham being one of them who sold his business Content Cal who was on episode 23 mm. so I guess like that's kind of like a more formal thing and then there's a lot there's a few guys that we both kind of speak to that I guess are more informally kind of mentoring but they're like they they're enjoy like, the conversations yeah, it's like they're people that you meet through an opportunity for them as well like potential investment is generally the opportunity for them yeah there's a big difference between paid mentorship and like mentorship that you've just earned through being their mate first kind of thing because that you, you mm. learn a lot from someone with experience and I think a lot of new starters who want to get in the space quickly will feel like they have to pay someone a lot of money to get this secret like recipe for making something work and you, you just got to take it step by step and you're you're almost better off grinding with that trenches mentality first and you will find yourself in the right circles and whatnot because you, you've done the hustle that's got you to that place mm. and then once you get to that once you get to that point of right something's fucking working I can talk about it with other people who are doing similar so you like bounce off of them and then you naturally meet people who've had more experience than you and you learn from them and that's yeah, essentially they're your mentors it's like the natural flow it's just a ladder isn't it yeah like, yeah legit there's always people below you so to speak and like experience wealth connections whatever it is and there's always people above you yeah and you genuinely have access to people maybe a few years above you and that comes through building shit and putting yourself out there because like even through this pod I've met some mad connections like that are potential investors and kind of mentors in a way but if I hadn't put myself out there and spoke about the experiences I had I wouldn't have been you know like qualified to even meet them in the first place so yeah cool um, what ad platforms are you going to be running space goods from off the bat TikTok Facebook Google that's it yeah be it Snapchat or no nah? nah I, I wouldn't I used to consider in terms of like the way I'd look at ad platforms I would consider Facebook and Google being like tier one I would look at I mean TikTok I would look, previously have looked at stuff like TikTok and Snapchat is kind of tier two ad platforms and then like tier three would have been shit like Pinterest Taboola Adroll mm. like programmatic like Hulu, Hulu ads yeah whereas now I would consider the big three tier one to be TikTok Google Facebook yeah and then kind of everything else is tier two at this stage which is Snapchat think, is working for 
some mm. people at a high level. Yeah, I've never never really heard about it being like number one, like tier one focus though in terms of spend. In um, a couple, like maybe two years ago or a year ago, it was 40% of rev for me. Pre Fuck And then yeah. iOS 14 hit, fucked it all up. And then it was just obviously Facebook, Google. Now, yeah, I mean, it's working again now to be fair. But I, I, I think... If you have the dimensions, like for example, if you're making TikTok ads and you've got the yeah. you got the dimensions for TikTok, you may as well recycle that content onto any other platform that you know. Ha- yeah, I allows think right that at dimension. the start, like I literally haven't, I'm not even fucking sold a pouch yet, right? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it comes yeah. down to just focusing on not what true. I instinctively know from experience will have the most impact, and also keeping shit quite simple. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're the three; they're the only three I'll be running yeah. to start with, certainly for the first probably six months what about organic as well like is that organic tiktok um i mean organic like youtube kind of this is actually a pretty powerful platform but yeah i can't really think i mean i, I would get I'll, I'll fill up like a pinch i'll have someone run like the pinterest organic but it's not a main focus yeah um Beautiful. I mean, you got asked this at the end of the last pod, but I don't know if you had time to think about uh, top three biggest lessons you've learned from your journey so far. Yeah, I, I kind of got asked, didn't I? Um, fucking hell, I mean, there's definitely been a lot. Top three off the top of my head. Just do one and then move on, to be fair. I think the first one, and again, it's kind of like fuck the system mindset, but it, can, it actually does apply. Like, I genuinely wouldn't take advice in any aspect of life from anyone that's not doing sort of what you want to do. Like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, run an econ brand, you shouldn't be taking advice from parents. <laughs> well, parents basically, and unless they're entrepreneurs, and that's my, myself included. It pains me to say it, but it's just true. But like, maybe a more specific example, like don't take advice from a uni lecturer who is maybe and, and I've literally been there like they'll like tell me that fucking doing my own shit is stupid don't take advice from those people like take advice from people on YouTube that are running businesses they should become your initial mentors so that's like the first thing um, I think secondly it kind of covers like girls and like social scene and like people which is probably a big one that no one speaks about enough don't change who you know you are deep down to satisfy certain social crowds or situations. And what I mean by that is like, there's, there's probably like some Don in uni right now who knows deep down they fucking want to be creative and like, I don't know, start putting like music videos out and like building like a streetwear clothing brand, but they don't do it because all their mates fucking do drugs every weekend and they don't want to be the one out. So I genuinely think don't, and that goes for like girls and shit as well or guys if you're a girl or guys and girls if you're the other way around don't fucking I've made that mistake as well don't bend who you are and what you want to do and the way you want to live to satisfy anyone else particularly when you're young because I don't think you have to compromise you'll end up attracting the people that should be in your life and the ones that shouldn't be will eventually disappear that's the second thing um third thing um just fucking get something done every day 1% effects yeah like honestly like even when and I've been had some fucking dark times particularly in the past year but I would always just get up and get something done 
because if you keep chipping away something will happen mm-hmm. like pe- people don't realise the power of like, like nothing happens overnight we, but we, if you do something every day over like three months literally months, I was going to say we six se- months I didn't even have the idea for Space Goods yeah and now I think now I'm utterly convinced it would be a minimum 100 million pound business like you're one decision away from changing your life yeah like it's deep mm. but it's true so um, they're probably the three I think they're pretty good ones top of my head yeah sweet uh, so we got a guy this is more of a case study so yeah, yeah there's a few of those um, guy's been working pretty hard for the last two three years hit 30k drop shipping slippers in summer 21 results died wants to travel the world all that shit um, on the verge of taking a minimum wage job and he want, he's going to be miserable etc um, actionable advice to avoid that situation and what because he's been dropshipping for two yeah, years yeah he said he working. tried to replicate the dropshipping slippers or whatever and it hasn't worked for him and now he's on the verge of taking the, the job route um, so yeah yeah, I think there's probably a lot, a lot of people like that and, and they would jump to the conclusion that it's like survivorship bias or whatever from anyone on this podcast that makes it work or whatever. It's difficult to put myself in that position, but I think I think the most important thing when ultimately it comes down to a, a lack of financial resource means he has to do something he doesn't necessarily want to do. Mm. But even with the lack of money, you can always put yourself in certain situations which... For example, like even getting a minimum wage job, fucking go and give a CV to a hundred ad agencies and just say, I'll fucking like make coffee for you if you let me just listen in on something. Like that's better than making burgers in McDonald's. You know yeah, I mean? if you're going to get a job, make it relevant kind of thing. If you really want yeah, to like, speak on. I think actually the, the better way to put that is there's the resource that everyone always has, which most people don't use, is like hustle and time. And it's like kind of like Gary Vee spec, but it's fucking true. And like, I guess the way I used that when I like had zero money and was first getting started was I would fucking spend all my free time joining Facebook groups, learning about Facebook ads. Like that's free to do. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I suppose well, use what you have abundantly, which is hustle and time. That's the first thing because if you don't have money you, you can't spend money on things and you might have to get a shit job if you are getting a shit job or have to get a job or do what you don't want to do at least do what you don't want to do in an environment which potentially has opportunity because like yeah like the fucking there is opportunity everywhere if you can prove that you're like hard working and you're hustling shit I think the third thing is why am I putting everything into threes um <laughs> I think being more specific so this guy sold slippers 30k didn't I mean, work. I'm assuming he's run out of money so if he's run yeah, out of yeah, money yeah. it's going to be hard to suddenly start a new business so that's why I'm treating it this way I'm saying slippers and at tw- least be pragmatic and make the best of a shit situation if that's what's going to happen by putting yourself in a room or place which you can do through hustle which is free by the way that you might be able to get something out of it and then I think at the end of the day though it comes down to ultimately if you've been doing something for years and you can't make it work something is wrong with either your approach or, or lack of skills or something do you know what I mean like, yeah like, I mean but yeah. you're not going to be a professional footballer if 
by my age, you're not in an academy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I honestly think like TikTok organic is is a gold mine for people who actually just want to get started. Like for for this guy specifically. Yeah, I, I think make content as well. That's something I wish I'd done more when I was younger. I know again, yeah. Gary Vee says this shit, but he's actually fucking right. Just filming on a phone, whether it's an iPhone 4 or an iPhone 13. Yeah. And just sharing who you are just gives you so much potential leverage in a lot of situations, whether that's giving out a CV, I don't know, trying to meet people that potentially you could get like a part-time job with or work experience with. So start building your personal profile. And obviously if you don't have any experience or you haven't got any achievements so to speak yet that might just be what you're interested in what you want to do and just being honest about your situation because like even with this podcast look look at the impact that's had like on a small niche scale mm. yeah I guess that just comes down to like what you're really in it for because the mention of traveling etc and he, he wants to be able to brand I guess if you yeah uh, TikTok is for people who are just getting started and the beauty of TikTok is you don't have to be a creative genius in terms of like the the edits and stuff like TikTok is, mm. is native like it has to look native to do well so that's a blessing in disguise for someone who's not good at editing or whatever yeah. because like you can do a fucking phone video and it'll, it could go viral so yeah I mean f- to be honest I'd look at Facebook winning products there's so many fucking videos on that and just go through that list and see if you can do it on TikTok like, yeah you gotta go like war mode yeah, and I, I was in fucking war mode the past six months trying to like build my momentum again. Yeah, and, and, it ha- and particularly when you're like literally getting started, and you basically let's assume you have no money, no connections, very yeah. little experience. You've just got to go fucking like David Goggins mode and treat it like a lab test. Like you have all the you have like each product is a hypothesis of whether it work or not. You do X, Y, Z to see if it work. If it doesn't, move on to the next. Don't get emotionally attached and just make sure you're doing it systematically so you're not getting caught up for too long on one thing and you just go from there. Mm. Um, should next? Yeah. Good, next one? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon do like five more maybe. Yeah, cool. Um, do you see space goes in retail? Yeah. That'd be cool. You're going to yeah, say so where? Because we've spoken about this, but... Yeah, I will say where. I mean... Again, this is from speaking to people like Jimmy, who's on the pod, so everyone can fucking go watch that. Like, I think like half of their business was retail. Like, a lot of these big brands, not all of them, but a lot of these big brands, particularly ones that get big exits, they're not all e-com, they're not one channel, they're like omni-channel, they're multiple channels. And the, the, I kind of like envision this out. So like the way I want to start in terms of product category, like that's your type of product. So I, I saw it as like four main types, potentially, like supplement-wise, because I don't want anything to be like tablets and medical and all that shit when it's all be like enjoyable creative whatever so the first product's a powder because it's very versatile and kind of easier to make to be honest the next product coming is going to be a gummy but then after that I see like retail product opportunities being like canned drinks I mean I've never done that before but I think this could be fucking huge like to have like a psilocybin canned drink and then stuff like bars as well and then potentially stuff like drops um, I think could be cool in retail um, particularly because the packaging and brand is so mad compared to like everything else out there so mm. yes I do um, in terms of where I'd want it to be, probably like Selfridges, Whole Foods, Soho House. There is a brand in Soho House right now through a, a competitor of mine, but their brand's shit. Is, it, is, so, there, not water, is there not a water one in Soho? Is that something else? There's Trip CBD in Soho House as well. Oh, and they're a sick brand in the CBD space. Um, right. But yeah, I'd want it to be quite like upmarket, kind of cool, exclusive. Well, Waitrose spec or no? 
I think Waitrose is too mainstream. Yeah, fair. Thought about that, but yeah, the answer is yes. Cool. Next one. Um, do you plan on documenting documenting the journey and the growth of Space Kids? Yeah, I do. I mean, the way I'm kind of doing that is basically partly through this podcast, and then I started using Twitter like six months ago, and that's not, I guess, kind of blowing up. Like I built a pretty small, like semi cult following on there because I've been sharing so much about building the brand, and I reckon I'll continue to do that because. Firstly, like, it's going to be in 10 years time, it's going to be super interesting to look back at. But secondly, I think it's just like, it's only net beneficial to the brand. I think if you're authentic and share the process. And for me, that is the case. So yeah, I will go and follow me on Twitter. Links in the bio. Cool. Um, Need to top up your wine, can't Yeah, I will. Do you want to do it while I find a question? Um, would you ever consider mentoring someone one-on-one, guiding them? Um, no. Like, people do DM me that. Like, to be honest, I, I think I, gi- I give out way too much shit in terms of, like, I've literally got on calls with Dons that message me from the podcast. Don't say that. Like, <laughs> You're going to get an influx. Half an hour, and I just was like, yeah, I'll do it, because it felt like a fucking nice thing to do. I didn't charge them or whatever. And I reply to literally every single DM I get on Twitter and Instagram, which... To be fair, it's quite a lot these days. It's probably at least like five to ten a day, which I know is fucking nothing compared to like influences and shit. But no, I, I just I'm not at that stage to be one-on-one mentoring someone. I need to fucking build my own business and do that. So I just physically don't have the time for that. I'm happy to answer DMs and shit. And to be honest, that kind of is one-on-one mentoring in a way. But I don't know. If someone wants to give me a hundred grand day rate, then maybe I'll say yes. Yeah. No is the answer. Um. A couple more and I'll finish on a bit of a longer one. Um, so Yeah, I mean, we could probably go for fucking hours just yeah, to get the best ones. Classic. What what are your daily non-negotiables that have helped you level up? <laughs> that's a bit of a fucking neat question. Um, I think more like fitness and shit, I guess. And that's what, that's what yeah, I got Yeah, I think like it. some like, sh- the shit that's always helped me and been consistent is like, I always, I like going to the gym and training hard. Like I've been running a lot recently, but like, that's been since I was 10 years old like I used to do football then I was in rowing I did rowing for like 8 years which fucking I probably credit as the single most important thing I ever did before I got into entrepreneurship so like training hard I think that's one thing the power list is another I know again it sounds fucking cringe we touched on it earlier like writing the list the night before for the next day that is literally non-negotiable there's been a few days I don't do it probably 5% of the time but generally Monday to Friday I do that sauna yeah, I suppose like more recently, like on the Triple S program, like the sauna is a non-negotiable. But <laughs> people are gonna be fucking. It's not that deep because when I travel and shit, we don't really do it. But yeah. like just I guess sauna slash meditation, you know, visualization, thinking about shit. Yeah, not enough people spend time actively thinking instead of trying to do all the time. Yeah, and it's, it's so powerful. It's funny like, like, deciding what you actually fucking want. Yeah, and it, most of the times it fucking social come, life, fitness, comes to life. money, whatever. Yeah, it does. Legit, yeah. like. So, they're the things. Cool. Um, so, this a bit more technical. So, we'll, we'll enjoy talking about this question, to be fair. It's quite good. So, um, you've got purple teeth by now. Yeah, legit. Can you do more technical pods talking about different parts of running a business, how to improve them? So, like logistics, marketing. Um, do more of these Q&As, to be fair. They'd be fucking banging. Yeah. 
I mean, cause we'll just one look, every other week. It's what we talk about pretty much all yeah. fucking day. Just regurgitating our combos. Yeah. But it's that build your personal brand as well. Yeah. Fucking hell. Lincoln Bio, Japs. <laughs> Jack Conservo, was it? Yeah. Conservo, yeah. What's the question? Yeah, so just like the, the different parts of uh, running a business, how to improve them. So that's just logistics and marketing as to... But isn't the question just do more pods on those things? No, nah, I mean, like, yeah, but we can tell... He's just saying, can you do more technical parts talking about it? But why don't we just talk about that? Like the, the actual technical parts of running a business, so logistics, marketing, how... Yeah, um, yeah, all right. So this might be my like borderline autism, but I've always, and it's the way I split it, split it up in my e-com course as well. I've always thought of an e-com business, or just a business, but I guess an e-com business. Is, and I, this is literally how I structure my Google Drive and always has been for like five years. So I don't know how you do this shit. But I think of it as five categories. The first one is product slash brand, which to be honest is the biggest one. It's basically what is it? Second one is marketing. So how do you get it in front of people that might want to buy it? Third is logistics. So how do you make it real and make it move to customers? That's probably like the most complicated one. And the other two are like smaller, but as in, as important. The other one's customer service. So how do you fucking keep everyone happy? Which isn't always the case. And the fourth one is admin. So like accounting, fucking tax bullshit. So that's the way, literally the way I view a business. Yeah. And I think it's actually a very good way. So if anyone wants to steal that, they're the five categories, product, brand, marketing, logistics, customer service, and admin. And I think you can't go wrong structuring things like that in terms of like the way you organize Google Drive. Like I literally have five, I have the brand and then five Google, five folders in Google Drive for each of those. Granted, the first three are the most, are the most busy. Yeah. Particularly the first two, but that's how I think about it in terms of improving it as well I mean I'll kick off like an example for me and you can kind of just emulate with an example mm. you have so like one thing that has made such a big difference is knowing your fucking numbers like mm. having a sheet a calculator even like get a guy from Fiverr or Upwork or whatever to create some sort of table that you can track every day and it breaks down everything cost like the true net profits people overlook how much like you're actually losing from yeah. fees like fulfillment costs like everything there's so many different fees that just take away your margin um and the quicker you understand what your true margin is then the quicker you know how much you can spend to acquire a customer so i think having clarity on that is like a, a one of the biggest levers for like driving cash in the right areas to grow yeah yeah I agree customer service wise like have you what did you find Cause you have like a fucking army of fellows I mean I'm not the one that asked about customer service so I went very fucking wrong yeah but that's kind of a good example because like that's you had a yeah. you must have had a shit time I mean, of customer service still with like how I guess gorgeous yeah it was like 500 tickets a day at one point yeah that's mad I mean to be fair one thing I'm trying to get better at it's probably not as relevant to like most people listening to the pod. It's like trying to like fucking think by working on the business instead of in the business. Because I, I love yeah. working on the creative parts of the business. And then I'll be like, fuck, like, would Elon Musk be doing this right now? You know, flippantly, like, what would a billionaire do? What would the billionaire superhero version of me do? Yeah. And I tweeted about that the other day. But like, yeah, so that's kind of a technical part. I'm trying to work on like, again it's less relevant to like beginners and shit but how can I start thinking like you know fucking 
billionaire business owner like, like in terms of like removing myself from doing everything mm. or like doing a lot of things still and actually like put shit in place like systems in place and it's still something I struggle with I used to struggle with it even when the business had a million and a half quid a month coming in in revenue like for a while and I was still fucking doing like my own social media management but yeah I think everyone's think- got their own focus points and shit I think ultimately the, the most important thing is product and customer like you've got to make the customer happy I think with, with, with TikTok being such a boom at the moment all the dropshippers are having a frenzy because they don't have a page score that they have to look out for yeah. like so you're going to Facebook in 2016 yeah you can finesse people fine you're going to make money but you're not going to make a brand because ultimately like the product catch up, catches up with you and if you're selling a shit product you can't brand it you're not going to get any repeat customers i.e. you're not going to create a brand so like in terms of getting repeat customers in order to get there you have to make a lot of things work in the business to you know you're better to over deliver than under deliver we were saying we were talking about this earlier yeah to be honest like the whole like e-com sphere which is generally mostly like beginners to some extent and like Twitter and YouTube and stuff, it basically only ever talks about marketing. Yeah. No one yeah. actually talks about, <laughs> like facts. literally marketing, no one even talks about product. Yeah, like fucking t- People talk about sets. how you can spend this and get this back. No one fucking talks about the more important categories, which yeah, the yeah. number one most important thing is the product. That, that is a fucking fact. Yeah. You can hide from that for a few months on dropshipping or whatever, which I've done the past, by the way. Let's elaborate on product because I think that's like newness and shit because that's that was huge for me as well. And it's, it's yeah. going to be huge for space. I think like, the biggest be. thing I learned actually from doing Midnight to like like five million in revenue, I think I got it to over like, over like two and a half years. So decent amount. And then Neon, which is slightly different. But I never got right with those brands was was the newness and that's what I'm trying to get right with this one but like people just love new shit if you haven't got a flow of new products and, and like you have to think like three to six months ahead with that shit yeah. which is why it's fucking hard and most people never even get to the point where they're running a brand for long enough to even do that yeah so yeah I think product's super important like no one really talks about like logistics i.e. like fucking getting stock through customs and shit and like shipping it to people and Basically, people only ever talk about marketing, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So think about marketing as a way to get a great thing out to the right people, but it's not going to help long-term if you haven't got a yeah, good the, thing. And the I've back learned that the hard way as well. A good analogy that I heard recently was the whole, like, you get taught how to take off and fly the plane and you're gliding, whatever, but you don't get taught how to land it. So with that, I mean, the exit, like, when you get an exit, no one tells you how to deal with that whole process like having yeah yeah and that's the thing like there's the mainstream and the, the mainstream topics with high ctr for these youtubers who create and shit is I ma- yeah i made 100 grand in a month this is how Which i did they like didn't, by the way. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this like this is the fucking ad strategy that i use whatever mm. um but yeah, maybe, I mean, we'll probably for another pod in terms of the tech. Yeah, do you like two more questions? Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy, I like. What's the time? Quick, yeah, what if I say? Um, would you still build Space Kids if you knew you would never make any serious money with it? No. <laughs> I'll tell you nice. why. Because, and I'm honest enough to say that, I, I'm gen- it's the perfect combination. I'm genuinely passionate about it creatively. I love doing wavy shit. But if I can never make any serious money with it, then I would never be able to achieve my goal of getting filthy rich and being able to do like helpful things in the world. So 
However, though, having said that, I'd rather build space goods and hypothetically get to a net worth of five million quid than build a tampon brand and become a billionaire. Yeah. But if I could never make any money, like beyond where I'm at now, doing space goods, then I wouldn't do it, no. Because it's quickly touching a point. I think too many people in this society, because it's become like full of champagne socialists, so to speak, and like the whole social media culture has become very left, I think, which is just a nothing wrong with that but like a lot, a lot of people are saying shit that they don't actually have any context or experience or anything to back up i.e. people basically saying like money doesn't matter and like oh rich people are like fucking evil and shit so no the only way to have an impact on anything in the world like broadly speak to have a bigger impact on any area that you care about is by having access to resources which genuinely means capital which means making money so like if you want your business to fucking plant a tree for every t-shirt that someone buys a hundred million people buy t-shirts you're planting more trees yeah but also on like a personal level if you build a lot of personal wealth then you can have more impact than someone that doesn't have a large amount of personal wealth on shit you care about if you allocate it correctly so yeah my view is that it's actually it's a good thing to get rich I've always thought that and strangely I think people that often actually come from money but then don't have to build anything like hate on rich people and shit hate on people building something because for some, some odd reason like wealth is now considered a bad thing when actually like someone like Elon Musk easy example obviously like I think the richest man in the world or whatever now technically he's had a way fucking bigger way more positive impact on the earth than probably anyone right now certainly in the past decade if you look at the amount like the net amount of people yeah, that have had a positive you know, employees like people that drive Teslas whatever so yeah anyway that, that's just a side point yeah. it's not a bad thing to get rich I think it shouldn't be the only priority but it's definitely a, a realistic element in life and it's a good thing cool uh, last question it's kind of like well so three favourite brands right now that you don't oh, know fuck. yeah um, three favourite brands are you inspired I feel like I'm going to say like obvious ones but like shit I the, actually use yeah it's easy to say your competitors like that you get into my three favourite brands I mean Apple's got to be in there because I think it's, uh, yeah. everyone fucking says that but like I use their shit all the time I think they've managed to stay cool even though they're mad mad, mad scale whereas I don't want to fucking shit talk but I think brands like Gymshark have become like a bit cringe now now they've got a bit bigger Whereas Apple are fucking obviously a hundred times bigger than that, maybe even a thousand times bigger, and I still think they're cool. I think though with Gymshark, especially like as an example, it came up in conversation last week, so I just thought I'd drop it in. Yeah, right, actually, I'm not even going to go off the tangent. We're just fucking. What three favorite brands? I mean, Apple's one of them. Fuck, I, I'm not actually. I don't actually follow that many brands, you know. Um, I think two. I think two J's is cool in terms of jewelry. I, I mean, I can't say Fred's brand because you just said it can't be my friend, but. I looked at them in the jewellery space. They kind of cropped out of nowhere. And I thought their content was really sick. So that's another one. Um, What's that? Um, there's a website that does top think, 10 think, landing pages. I think Pangea is cool as well, by the uh, way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good. I've actually never bought their shit. I d I, again, I just looked at them. as like they're a pretty new brand. They're like cool, but also have like a moral purpose, which is like Probably producing what? waste and shit. So I think those three good examples I, I think as an extension to that question because I know you have mood boards and Pinterest and you have Spotify playlists and shit mm. like you do have these things that kind of build your 
I get massive inspiration from bands and music massively like the whole aesthetic thing like you have a space good Spotify playlist don't you yeah so it's like that's what I mean like the amount where where's the inspo for those that yeah, music yeah so like music? If I was, the three bands that are like aesthetically and musically are like artists and and I'm very eclectic by the way I listen to loads of shit but definitely the 1975 I've always been obsessed with their aesthetic I'd love to do a fucking collaboration Secondly, um, a band called The Midnight, which do like fucking, I think it's only one guy actually. They, do, they do all the synthwave shit. And then what other band? Probably. Did, did you get that from, from Midnight City? Did you say that from them? No, I didn't actually. Someone else asked me that. I, mm. I might have done. I don't know. I've always liked the word Midnight. And yeah. then Laney is another band um, which had like, they did like the fucking breakup song that I was obsessed with for a while and shit. Um, but yeah, I, I've always just been into that like, Aesthetic, like pop, about, rock, synth, and and Pinterest, all your mood boards and shit. Is that similar vibe? Like just eighties? Yeah, shit? I mean, it's not even necessarily eighties. It's like, yeah, I guess I've always had a genuine draw to like the fucking pink retro wave, synth wave, vapor wave vibe, like Ferrari Tesserosses, like Miami Vice, all that shit. It's all quite psych- pink. It's all kind of psychic. Like the I've shit I've seen. Sync. It's pink, quite psychedelic. Pink, pink. Well, your mood boards. Yeah. Even before this brand, like, it's always been like that. Yeah, I've, I've always had a draw to that. Yeah. Tried to do it at Midnight City and it really made sense. Neon was obviously very neon and pink, but then the business got fucked. So now it's like a renaissance with that whole aesthetic. And obviously, like, the shoot I did the other day was like, yeah, literally just from my brain. And it's like an 80s movie. And it's fucking beautiful, in my opinion. So. Nice. Wrap it. Yeah, I mean, there's probably loads of other questions. I reckon it'd be quite good to do Q and A, like maybe once a month or every two weeks or something, because it answers more specific shit rather than just getting guests on. And it's obviously easier to do Q and A because you have to get guests on. Um, like Nelkspec. Yeah, exactly. But um, hope that was useful. It's like nearly an hour and a half already. Um, if you're watching the pod, subscribe, recommend it to a friend, all that good shit. And we'll probably do an episode with you at some point. Yeah, come out of the shadows at some point. Yeah, exactly. Right, cheers for watching. See you in the next one.